a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the restricted section in which I am breaking up with Harry Potter and it's the stupidest breakup I've ever been through, including Stephen, who refused to even technically date me. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, chapter 25. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. When I wrote my schedule for this book, probably... Two years ago, I typed the name of this chapter wrong (laughs) into my schedule. And because of that, that disseminated into everything (laughs) else, having the name of this chapter wrong. My notes, my schedule that I post to the hosts, like my calendar invites, like I just got the name of this chapter wrong. And I kept being like, well, what the fuck? Who's the seer? What the fuck are they doing overhead? I don't remember that part. <laughs> it's the seer overheard. It's the seer overheard. <laughs> Neither of us can chime in because you haven't introduced us. I am joined today. Oh, in which Ginny and Harry are official, and yet he is somehow still more obsessed with Draco Malfoy. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today, she's trying to hide all her bottles of sherry. Mary Clay. Say hello <laughs> to the listeners, Mary Clay. Oh, that's so silly because I do have <laughs> wine. Yay! Um, and famously, my grandmother, whom I am named for, loved sherry. So oh, I think she would okay. be pleased with that. Yes. I, I think that's like a batty old lady kind of thing. Was she batty? Was she a little batty? No, but oh. she okay, also, I think it's a classy old I don't lady know. Kind of she thing. was like bored in the midst of the Great Depression. So like, oh, sure. You know, <laughs> of course. And our special guest today is captain of the Gobstones team, Phil from the Unsociablist. Did I crush it? Yeah, you got the name yeah. right. Hail and well met listeners. We are so glad to have you on the show. Phil is a longtime friend of the pod. I've been on your podcast, The Unsocial Bliss. Second time I crushed it. I feel like I really nailed it that time. Killed How the it. hell have you been? Uh, you know, pretty good. I, I mean, if I wasn't pretty good, I sure as hell wouldn't tell a bunch of strangers. So, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Well, that is one thing you and I do not have in common. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, you know, life is life. Holidays are stressful, but they'll be over by the time you hear this, so... Y'all don't that need to worry about that. True. Yes, a very happy new year to our listeners. I believe that this is coming out, I don't know, in the new year. Yo, that's crazy. Whatever day it is, that's what day it comes out. The second, out. I believe. The, I think it's the, the third, third, actually. Maybe, yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's the yeah. third. Hello from the past. How's 2024? I bet it's great. Uh, definitely, we won't have a fascist regime elected into office. Well, (laughs) by January 3rd, I actually have a lot of fun plans in between January, December 31st and January 3rd. So maybe so far my year has been really good. Let's hope. I will be getting ready to launch uh, my podcast, Skywalk Before You Run. So that'll be exciting for me. Do you have a release date on that yet? Or not quite? 
Uh, yeah, we did. We, I mean, I don't want to. I didn't mean to. Do it. Do it, bitch. <laughs> Plug everything up. It's your show now. Yeah, Mel, by the time right this episode is coming out, I believe Skywalk Before You Run will be coming out like the week after this episode. Um, so yeah, should be. I've recorded several episodes so far, and it's so it's really fun. If if the episodes turn out to be half as fun as they were to record, then I'll be pleased. So yeah, well. Um, I had a shit ton of fun recording the like the intro episode. Oh, so and silly, so silly. Like me and Josh keep talking about it without you because you can't. Obviously, you won't <laughs> spoil anything. Yeah, we're like, can you believe she said this? And we're like, oh my god, she's gonna lose her mind in like a year and a See, half. Here's the thing: is that I'll <laughs> for, I, I've already forgotten anything that I said in that episode. So there's one really good one that's gonna blow your mind. I think. Okay, great. Listeners, um, if you listen to that first episode and you're familiar with Star Wars, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Oh, it's that's very so funny. great. That's really great. Um, so, Phil, you're actually the one who pointed out to me that I had the chapter title wrong, and I'm very grateful for that. As uh, I told Chloe last week, I welcome any correction from any listener, as I am often wrong. Yeah, I just, I was half worried it would come across as a mansplain, but I'm like, this is this is the third week in a row, I just can't, I can't not say something. <laughs> Do I keep? You keep saying, and then chapter twenty-five, to see her overhead, and I'm like, wait, okay, so I'm like really, I'm really looking forward to the end of this book, I guess, because I guess I can't keep doing my reading countdown. Is that right? I keep saying what chapters come next. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, that's how you know I'm ready to be done with a book, guys. <laughs> I'm like, guys, only this many chapters left. Let me list well, them so we can all. You're probably less than a year them. from the end of this podcast. Yeah. Well. I'm exactly a year from the end of this podcast because our final episode ever of the restricted section ever, I'm giving everyone so much notice so you can like emotionally brace yourself, will be Christmas 2024 is a Wednesday. Damn. Yep. And you better believe I have the whole rest of this damn show scheduled. Sure as heck beats winging it. <laughs> it. It sure as hell does. Well, I don't know. For certain people, probably winging it works really well. Not this girl. Not this anxiety. So, Phil, tell the listeners about your podcast. Okay, um, I guess I'll plug that now. The Unsociablists is an extreme far-left, uh, mostly American politics podcast. We talk about world events and our news blasts at the end sometimes, but we try mostly to stick to our country because that's where we have the most knowledge and also because I think America is probably the country that does the most evil in the world overall. And so, you know, we're the ones sure. who need to do the most correcting ourselves. Um, we're very anti-capitalist. That's kind of our number one thing. But we're also you know, left on all you the social. You don't media. like capitalism. <laughs> I would go so far as to claim I'm a tanky, which is a, apparently a bad thing to most people. But you know, communism doesn't mean? work if you don't have some authority. Otherwise, all the be bad people will be like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing bad shit. So you know, what is a oh, tanky? Oh, I see. I see. Someone who tends to support. Militant opposition to capitalism. Yeah, like, if you just tell all the bad people, hey, let's all be friends and stop doing bad stuff, bad people will be like, mm, now nah, I'm going to keep being a piece of shit. That's why I think okay, anarchism sure. is uh, not as going to be, be as an effective a strategy. But anyways, if those words didn't piss you off completely, then you should really try our podcast out. Yeah. It's well-informed and very funny and has great skits in it. Yeah, um, it really does. episode is a great starter, as well as the one right before it. So, I yeah. totally agree. Like, my episode was about, like... Censorship and libraries and library socialism, which is something I learned on that recording. And it, I just think that there's a little something for everyone over there. Unless 
you're very conservative, then maybe there is. In which case, I don't think people would be listening to this podcast. Yeah, I feel like anyone listening to this podcast, you're probably already well on your way to the far left. So if you're willing to push yourself even further, then give us a try. Go off the cliff, yeah. I've gotten like the odd review that makes me feel like certain people are listening to this who are not the target audience. I mean, there was that one star review that got quite the bit of acclaim uh, about four <laughs> seasons ago, and that cracked me up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just- um, uh, in a recent episode of That's What I'm Talking About, there was a joke made by the guest about like, Mormons and having multiple wives. It was related to like Lord of the Rings, multiple rings, multiple wives. Anyway, and so like a joke about Mormonism and someone sent me a DM and was like, that lat, like really that lat, that joke about Mormonism in the latest episode, be real or something like that. And I was like, how have you made it this far into, <laughs> and, and like, there was like a history of like, them like liking my posts and like seeing like doing like heart reactions to like my Instagram stories and stuff like that. Like I could see like other messages that they had sent me. So weird. Like years back. You lost a listener and you're like, that's fine. But mostly I'm just kind of like, how did you make it this far into like following me and listening to my podcast? If you're listening to this podcast and you're a Republican, please email me. Like I'm not, I I want, I want to understand, like, I want to know why, like, what is it about this podcast that gets you? And we're not talking about those people who are like, oh, well, I'm fiscally conservative and blah, blah. like, oh, I mean, fiscally conservative people are definitely a problem. But I think that right now in the immediate address, addressing social issues uh, takes precedence just because that's still such a huge, huge, huge problem. Yes. Well, yes. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I mean. I think the the people who are like, oh, well, I'm fiscally conservative, whatever. I think those people are the least of our concerns. So you have money. Time. That's a cool way to say you have money. Yeah, it's like, OK, <laughs> I mean, you're still cool. an enemy of the greater good. But, yes, you know, yeah. th- that you don't mean to be. <laughs> Anyway, this is not the unsocial bliss. Yeah, um, sorry. All right, we're not talking politics for the rest peak. of this. There's a sneak peek. There's a sneak peek. Um, it kind of is because Harry is an unsociable person. Uh, wow, a little bit, just yes. a little bit. Well, but, I think he's maybe like hypersocial right now because he's getting laid. Yeah, it's so great to have non-angsty Harry for like one whole page of the book. We get a montage. Harry and Ginny are official. They're fucking that we're me and okay, so guess what me and Mary Clay were doing before this recording? We were crocheting and listening to the audiobook together. <laughs> it was truly, and this was like we're recording this the evening that um like I'm off from work for the rest of like until like after Christmas. So it's like I'm a kid again and like, oh, school's on break, you know. Time to read um, Harry Potter. Yeah, and so like and hang going, out with friends. Going over to Christina's house and crocheting and listening to <laughs> Harry Potter on audiobook. Jim Dale. Harry. So dramatic. And my friend Anna was there who was on my Harry Potter for Beginners episode. So y'all know exactly and how much dog, she knows about Christina. Harry Potter. She, she was petting her dog so hard that she could not listen because she was like, I, I have no idea what's going on. I, I couldn't get through the Jim Dale books. His voices are just too ridiculous. The Stephen Fry voices are far more restrained. That's I just I can't do Jim Dale. He's too much. 
Well, my library has the Jim Dale ones, and I've I remember at the beginning of this book complaining about him a lot, but I've gotten quite used to him. I think that yeah, if you exposure therapy and all that, but yeah, see, I don't I don't really have a problem with Jim Dale because for me it's like a I don't know like a charming kind of endearing thing about like the Harry Potter fan. He's like your he's like your gay grandpa reading a book to you, and you're like, (laughs) okay, you're very dramatic. We all know you did theater, grandpa. But the whole time we were listening to it, it, there were lines that were like, Harry and Ginny enjoyed a most pleasant afternoon. And I was like, sex. And Mary Clay was like, maybe they fed the ducks by the lake. (laughs) Well, because I don't think at this point, Harry is having sex. I don't think he's confident enough to be having sex with with Ginny right now. I feel like there's a moment in book seven where Ginny invites Harry into her room right right like right before the wedding right before shit's gonna go down where she's about to take his virginity and then ron comes in and cock blocks him but i think that was the first time he was going to have sex and then that didn't pan out i like that i, I don't, think that i think that makes sense yeah i don't really think that they're having sex but i don't think harry potter needs confidence to have sex with Ginny weasley she has enough confidence for, for both, the both of, of them. them oh yeah no the reason they're not having sex is just let they're both i mean she's studying for owls she's too busy to be screwing around with screwing around and like i know that people sometimes cringe when we talk about the sexuality of these kids but the reality is that children literally like have sexualities they have sexual lives and like i remember being this age and being a sexual creature and like spending time on burn before reading talking about that time of my life has made me like more confident being like well these were my goals at this age so there's there's some element of this somewhere for someone like i think that Ginny is definitely not a virgin like her and dean thomas oh, yeah. fucked yeah. She, needs to te- yeah she needs to teach harry everything she knows <laughs> yeah that seems that checks out to me but yeah like it's it's pretty nonsense that people are like oh no no one under the age of 18 has ever had sex ever and the idea that you bring it up is offensive to me yes there is so much difference between sexualizing a child and allowing children to be sexual, not, you know, not children, especially teenagers, that they're humans, which yeah. are sexual. And, and acknowledging that, like, this is going on, like, Slughorn even, like, all of the teachers are aware. Oh, yeah, Slughorn's like, wink, wink, Because nudge, Harry, nudge. like, you know, the book has been hidden away, and that's the real reason for the why textbook. he's suddenly terrible in potions sure but slughorn is like oh it's because he's 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 uh, in love what the phrasing is like puppy love or something i don't know something uh, like, uh, yeah. uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> did you um also 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 a feature of my crochet hang with christina is that she started the audiobook like 22nd with like we oh, we yeah. backed up like a little bit into the I previous it, chapter. The, I think the book. I think the player does that automatically to or remind you where that. you are. Okay. And it was just in time for that, and the animal and Harry's no! chest roared, no! and I was like, Christina, how dare you make me listen to this? <laughs> oh, terrible. And then Ron just shrugs and looks at the camera, yeah. and it's not the <laughs> not the only creature related to Harry. Uh, this is me trying to transition into the right, funny conversation down. about the calm tattoos. Down. Before we calm go down. to the funny conversation about the tattoos, <laughs> uh, did you want me to do my houses or Harry Potter oh, history shit. or any of that stuff? Thank you, Phil. I literally, I, I, I so rarely have like new guests on yeah, that nowadays, I keep forgetting you're in book this. Six. Yeah. So please, please tell us 
What is your Harry Potter history? So I just casually read the books as a kid. I was 11 when Harry was, when book one came out, I should say, which technically means that Harry was like, like 17 or 18 because of the year he was born. Anyways, point being, um, uh, I was 11 at the same time as Harry. Grow, I grew up with the books and then I was yeah. like, these are good books. And then I kind of forgot about them for a few years. And then the first girl I ever dated when I was 25 was big into Harry Potter. And I'm like, I can get back into these books. And then I'm like, oh, I actually really like these books. And then we went on two dates and then she never talked to me again. But I'm like, I actually still like these books. And then well, J.K. Rowling said the worst the stuff ever. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I checked out of those books right up until the third time that Adel Rafai recommended this podcast. And I'm like, yeah, okay, oh, sure. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. And Honestly, like, I... I use that example. When you told me that you had to hear him mention the restricted section three times before you listened, I was like, uh, to, to the other day six media creators, I was like, guys, never give up. Like, every inch of exposure helps. Sometimes you need to get that guest on three times <laughs> in order for it to make a difference in your listenership. I just think that's so cool. But yeah, I didn't have enough, like, uh, social connections or anything like that to be big into, like, talking about the books as a kid. So uh, I really didn't get into them until my 20s uh, for reals. And then I got obsessively into them. And then I dropped off again because sure. transphobia. Culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So which of the books is your favorite? Okay. I'm controversial. Book five. And the oh, reason I like book five, the reason I like book five, there's a metaphor I usually use that I can't use because Mary Clay is here and I can't talk about a certain franchise. Oh my so, God, that's so funny. But you'll have to DM me later and tell me what um, it is. But yeah. Uh, here, I, I, can, just, I will take my headphones off. Yeah, and take you your headphones off. Like, and just give me a All thumbs right. up. When she you doesn't okay. listen to this podcast anyway. This is right, true. Right on. <laughs> so most people agree Empire Strikes Back, best Star Wars, because it was angsty. There's a lot of downer stuff. And then it makes the happy ending stuff later that much more fulfilling. So yes, okay. it's, a, it's a slog. The book is a nonstop misery and angst and dreadful feelings but that makes that moment that moment right after this quibbler interview comes it comes out just that much more escalating because you've gone through all that shit leading up to it that's that makes sense because empire strikes back oh. is not my favorite yeah uh no empire i mean most critics and myself agree that empire is the best one and i think that's why because angst sells and if you're if i get it i mean i i think that part of it is just you're too you're too bubbly and uplifting you don't have enough uh angst in your soul <laughs> i want something cozy give me some right. ewoks dancing i think we're done talking about star wars sure okay. i guess for sure thumbs up now for real <laughs> she doesn't believe us guys actually thumbs up <laughs> We had to confirm <laughs> she was she was so hesitant. Oh my god! I, I tried can't to believe... get off the Star Wars. Wow, as soon as that's insane! What happens to R two D two? I know, no, I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, uh, just I don't know. Something about that. Something about that misery makes the uplifting beats later that much more fulfilling. Okay. So well, if if that's your favorite, then what's your least favorite? Uh, book two because it's just a bad book with nothing happens <laughs> in book two that couldn't be completely. Literally, like, oh, we found out Harry's parcel tongue, and then that could pay off really well if it weren't for the fact that Ron ends up just kind of speaking parcel tongue by imitating no, him in book I seven. Know. It's only like retconned into having any series meaning as well. Yeah, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's a fun book, but it's not a good book. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. I'd say that book six is right middle of the pack for me. Like, okay. It's, uh, I'd say five, seven, four, six, no, five, seven, three, six, four, one, two. There we go. Okay. 
Anyway, sorry. That was way no, too that much was pretty detail. Good. <laughs> that was pretty good. No, we and like that, uh, detail. Yeah. And then I'm what? half Hufflepuff, half Slytherin, if that matters. Whoa. A Slytherpuff. Those are rare. Yeah. I mean, I think that's... It, I, I think that Slytherpuffs are probably more common in the communist circles that I, uh, I run in than sure. other groups. Sure. Because you have to be a little bit ready to do bad things to, for a good cause. Okay. Uh, I do see that. Uh, okay. I'm going to think about that a little bit more. I'm trying to think of what other Slither Puffs. The only one I can think of is Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I never watched that show despite all the recommendations. I just don't watch enough TV. That's okay. It's a good one, but there's just so many cops in it. I don't think you would like it. Uh, I mean, yeah, any honestly, propaganda. It's the same reason I dropped out of the Marvel movies. It's all military propaganda. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but there's a very hot bisexual detective named Rosa who is like such a softy, but honestly, such like a it's Slytherin. just it's such a shame that that show is set with like NYPD. Yeah, because it could have been something different. So many other things about like that. Is, I would say like that's that's like it's one downfall, and it's a big downfall, you know, yes. in in today's age because like there are so many really really great like it's characters and storylines. It has so much non toxic masculinity. Like it's really it's about like growing up without losing yourself and about like meeting in the middle. So I'm totally with you, Mary Clay. I love so many things about it, but the cops are I know. I know. There, they are present. <sighs> um also Andre Braher who passed away recently and we're I know. all very sad about Peace. that. Uh that one was really hard to Honestly, see. Honestly, that was I'm, so sad to see. I was for a split second, I was going to put a audio clip of him saying one of his like I'm completely distraught right now or like whatever that he deadpan but I'm actually not gonna do it because I don't know if I want to I don't know if I'm ready to listen to his voice right now oh the day literally the morning after his um passing was announced I had started a rewatch of Brooklyn Nine-Nine I don't think I'm ready I was like I feel like this will heal my soul Uh, anyway listen um guys he, oh, yeah. him, pronouns, but only oh because my it's convenient. God. <laughs> like, I, I would say be your name. Hit. Like, do I even know what I'm doing at all on this fucking podcast? All right. We're ready to go into the chapters, the chapter notes, I think. <sighs> okay. So, Ugh. so Harry and Jenny are official. Ron is being, I, you know, Ron's taking a little bit of ownership over it. He's like, oh, you know, I, I can rescind my approval anytime. And I think that's healthy for him to feel like he is permitting this. Yeah, it's, he's, I'm not. It's healthy for him to have that illusion. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's working out his own toxic masculinity in these next two books. Yes. And I think that liberating himself from lavender is the beginning of him figuring out who he really is as a person. Mm hmm. Yeah. So they're talking. Um, oh, what was I didn't write it down. What are they talking about in this section? I just wrote the there's tattoos? a bit of conversation. Yeah, the tattoos, the tattoos. Yeah, no, Ron can do with a pygmy puff tramp stamp. It would do good. <laughs> For me, like this section is just like so it, it's just like so pro Jenny because she's yeah. so funny and witty and quick. I- Book Jenny is, is like one of the best characters in the entire franchise. Yeah. I know the, I, that's. I think that's the worst thing films have ever done to literature. And I'm including the Percy Jackson film adaptations. <laughs> so uh, I know that you've hooked your brother up with friends before. Mary Clay, have you ever had a sibling and a friend date? No. Nope. 
And I'm and like, fine. With to be that. clear, yeah, neither the, I. The pals that I've hooked my brother up with, like I was not very tight with. I think okay. that I think I did it twice, and I think both of them worked for me at Claire's. Okay, so not like friend friends. Okay, so. not friend friends. Yeah, I think it would be awkward to have like a close friend and a sibling date. And I get why Ron's feeling a bit awkward about that, but you know, eh, what yeah. can you do? It, love is love. I don't feel awkward about things the way other people do. I don't know if that's something that you've picked up on. I just you, would, you, I know you I strike just, me so awkward and nervous all the time, Christina. That's why I'm you're so really mousy nervous. and quiet. Guys, I'm feeling so nervous right now. So Hermione approaches Harry about the half blood prince. She is here with receipts. She found this person in the library. Guess what? She was in the library. She found this person named Eileen Prince, who was the captain of the Hogwarts Gobstones team in the be- before times. You yeah, see, this this is a perfect example, I think. This whole dialogue that goes here of uh, J.K. Rowling being not even a turf because that implies she's a feminist. Um, Dude, it's like a like, gender essentialism thing. Yeah, it's it, uh, it, it's like, oh, yeah, she, oh, Half-Blood Prince could be a girl. I mean, he's not, but he could be. Ooh, it's like. Okay, I see what you're saying. So it's like, I think she, so I think that she's doing like performative feminism with yeah. Hermione. And then when Harry's like, it's not a girl, I can just tell. That is like some like gender essentialism shit that she touches on earlier. Like when we're talking about Crab and Goyle being in disguise where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that Draco is making them turn into girls. That's mm. so shitty and crazy and embarrassing. And it's like, I think that, Girls are also just people, and it's, I don't know, man. I think we should talk more about the identity theft that's happening here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's creepy because it's n- it's an actual living female other person whose body right. that they're inhabiting. But uh, I, I, I think it would have been really funny if Crab or Goyle was like, oh, I'm more comfortable being female. I'm going I'm to yes. live with this. I'm going to rock this now. That would have been hilarious. Yes. But of course, that JK would, would never been- touch that. That would have been very cool. And I like to think that a contemporary writer would do that, would explore that, or just like... At least consider it. At least be like, you know what? That wasn't half bad. I think I like both. Yeah, it'd be either way. Um, but yeah, and of course, while uh, Hermione's on this ramble, uh, Harry's inner monologue has to uh, go ahead and ugly shame Snape's mom, because why not? Oh my God. He ugly shames Snape's mom. And then while Hermione is talking, she's like hysterical. She's shrill. She's screaming. Oh yeah, the word and- shrill. Uh, the word shrill is used to describe women talking in this series, like at least a hundred so times. Really too sure. much. Yeah. Oh my God. I actually, maybe I'll do like a control search. <laughs> the the control the search shrill. for the word shrill in the entire seven book set. The word hysterical. You'd probably find it over a hundred times. They would all be applied to women. Is this the section or was it later? And if you guys don't remember, that's completely fine. But at some point, Ron says, watch out, warningly. I, I, I that, that specific line didn't stand out to me when I was listening. We don't know when that is, but that's one of those classic bullshit J.K. Rowling adverbs. Watch out, Ron said, warningly. Yeah, like, just, watch out is a warning. You it's don't a warning. Need to say warningly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that eventually, if you're listening to the audiobooks, because I listened to the entire seven book set before this episode, just to be sure I had context. And uh, you get a Good lot of... You. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I listen to audio 40 hours a week at work. So, you know, I have time. Okay. Um, cool. anyways, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's the kind of thing where eventually you just like start blotting out those adverbs because they're just, everywhere. yeah, <laughs> they are, they really are. So there's another school from Dumbledore asking him to come, asking Harry to come to his office ASAP. So Harry heads to Dumbledore's office. 
And so this day that we've landed on, this is the day Dumbledore dies. Mm. Yeah. Rough. Yeah, this all the shit goes down from here. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, how from the uh, end of the Shell Cove chapter, the moment they leave for Gringotts, you go from there, it's like 20, nonstop, Harry doesn't sleep again until Voldemort's dead. It's, they do oh, a lot yeah. of that. Ooh, it's multiple chapters. Yeah. You're right about that. That one's nuts too, yeah. So he's heading to Dumbledore's office, but he hears a crash and a scream. Did we miss Snape's detentions? Because I wanted to bring up that uh, Snape is in the right to issue these detentions, for sure. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I think that (laughs) Harry's like, but I really want to be spending time with Ginny. And it's like, hey, man, you're almost almost murdering a kid. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, maybe don't. He almost murdered your love interest, so chill out. Yeah. Harry goes toward the scream in the crash and Shailani is sprawled on the floor with a bunch of broken sherry bottles all over her. I don't think it's clear if the sherry bottles are full or empty. Uh, I think they're empty at this point, but I mean, she's hiding her empties. It's the problem. Yeah. I mean, it's a real, it's real sad because when you're hiding alcoholism, that's when you know you have a problem. It's okay. Like for me, I'm like, yeah, no, I like to drink. I'm going to drink. It's fine. Like be open about it. It's still, it's still not great, but you know, it's a lot less unhealthy than trying to hide it. <laughs> yeah, I was at the gynecologist today and they ask you, they're like, do you smoke? Do you drink? And I was like, yeah, I drink. Uh, and I was like about to say socially. But then I was like, I, I drink. <laughs> the, the nurse just laughed at me. <laughs> yeah, you just got You just got to be ready to lean into that because if you try to hide it, you're, I mean, you're not going to fool your doctors and... Anyone who you're hiding it from, who you could fool, that's, you know, that's more of a red flag for yourself than it is for them. Yeah, sure. For sure. (laughs) So I just feel bad for Trelawney. That's all I'm trying to say. (laughs) I mean, yeah, dude, she's just a victim of every, every turn in this series. Oh, she also gets a shrill in this part, I believe, at some point. No. (laughs) Harry calls her out on having tried to access the room of requirement. Um, she's, she's trying to get into hider bottles, but someone was already in there and she heard them whooping gleefully. And then everything went black and she was shot out of the room. Yes. I got nothing for that. Yes. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) And yes. And next. Um, so Harry's like, come with me to tell Dumbledore. And she's like, Dumbledore actually wants to hear from me less. (laughs) But Harry's like, no, come with me. Dumbledore loves me. Okay. She brings up uh, the, no matter how she draws the tarot cards. At this point, I was thinking she compares her, her tarot card reading to like the centaur saying, like, I don't I won't have any of this. It makes me wonder if there's differences between human divination and centaur divination. And like centaurs think only big picture stuff. They don't think of like, oh, small scale, like, oh, a bunch of people at Hogwarts are going to die. That's nothing to a centaur. But human yeah. divination is very focused. Because, I mean, she's clearly... First, to Trelawney's credit, she's clearly very good at tarot cards. She keeps getting the right readings that, like, in this, throughout this book, uh, she keeps getting the readings that actually signify what's going to happen in the plot. When she said the word, the words, lightning struck tower, I gasped. I was like, that, and then I, that's when I was like, Dumbledore dies today. Yeah. That's the name of the chapter where he dies. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, oof. Yeah, Definitely and it's, oof. uh. It's just interesting that like she's clearly got some divination chops outside of her. She she just like doesn't realize that yeah, she, she has these skills. Yeah, yeah, she always whenever she actually is doing real divination, then she's like, ah, oh, no, that can't be right. And then <laughs> when she's making bullshit up to try to scare people, that's when she's like, ooh, I'm fancy mysticism. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I'm so sorry. I have to pee so badly. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take, take a, a, a a probably a two, but I'll be okay, right take back. Take a feel, two. Feel, feel free to take a break. Go potty. Get a drink or whatever. I'm so sorry. I'm always like so scared of getting dehydrated. I, I always do this. And then I drink so much water before I record. And then I'm like, I'm not going to make it till the end of the episode. It's okay. You're not a podcast host until you've abandoned the recording halfway through. To <laughs> yeah. Kyle and I have done that plenty of time. <laughs> okay. So. What just happened? <laughs> so so we just got the lightning struck tower. Oh my God. Yes. That's happening. Yeah. And he's about to so- head off to see Dumbledore. The day the headmaster dies and Harry's singing, I've got a problem with Draco. <laughs> okay, okay. So they're walking up. Harry and Trelawney, besties, are walking up to Dumbledore's office. She's like rambling <laughs> about how she got hired. And Harry's kind of like, so at first he's only paying attention to her and only giving her this like attention. And kind of like um, almost like humoring her and being like, oh, yeah, you should definitely bring this up to Dumbledore because yeah. he's like, oh, this is going to prove everything I've been talking about with Draco Malfoy. Like, Still Draco's doesn't up quite to know what proof is, does he? No. no yeah. Nobody he's in these like, books knows what proof he's is. He's like, this absolutely supports my theory that Draco is up to something. This this like whole section is Harry just being like, oh yeah, Trelawney, come with me as my proof about why I'm right about Draco Malfoy. Yeah, he does not give a fuck about her or and, her like, problems it's only or her when alcoholism. She's like, oh yeah, and then you know Snape, and he's like, what? This is still about me. He's like, this yeah, is incredible. This it's is about, about me. me. <laughs> so she's talking about how when she and and Harry's already heard part of this story when Trelawney interviewed for the position, she had the prophecy and Dumbledore's the one who saw it and it got interrupted halfway through by Snape. That's what Harry's learning right now. That Snape is the one who heard part of the prophecy and reported it back to Voldemort, ultimately leading to Lily and James's death. That's why you just don't participate in any murder. And then maybe, because yeah, maybe I mean, you'll murder the wrong person. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, I know you're going to have a Dumbledore good or bad at, bonus episode later, but I'm going to have some Dumbledore thoughts in the next chunk of chapter that uh, may put my thumb on the scale a bit on that. Okay. All right. So, uh, well, I mean, uh, we haven't gotten to him meeting with Dumbledore yet, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I got my notes in order. So now Harry's like, oh, wait, no, I need to blow my lid now. Don't come. Don't come. And he like runs away. (laughs) She can't keep up with him. He's a child. (laughs) She's drunk. (laughs) Also, he's making like zero sense right now. Yeah, he's like one second he's like, "Oh yeah, come with me. Let's talk to Dumbledore about this very serious situation that you just went through." And then he's like, "Got a blast!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's in full uh, ADHD sixteen-year-old mode for sure. Yeah, so he rage mode runs up to Dumbledore's office and does not knock but hammers. Which no, don't do that. <laughs> That's scary. So he goes in and Dumbledore is like, Harry, it's time for our adventure to destroy a Horcrux. This will probably end fine. And Harry, like his brain gets overloaded. He's like really confused because he's like very happy about this, but he's also 
extremely livid. So he just like kind of like dead stops and is like, yeah, full like deer in the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right off the bat, we find out that Dumbledore figures out that Harry is stressed because he's using legitimacy on him. Now, would you use legitimacy on a dear friend or would you just trust them to tell you what they want you to know? Dude, who the hell in this scene is a dear friend? Well, I mean, but Dumbledore always acts like, oh, Harry, I care about you so much. You're so no. important to me. But also I'm going to read your thoughts because I don't You're important care to about the your plot. Privacy. Everybody reads his thoughts constantly. And like, it's crazy. It's crazy the way that like some scenes, it's like, this doesn't make one lick of sense because Dumbledore's reading his mind. And then in other scenes, it's like, hey, man, I'm reading your mind. And it's like, well, what? Why weren't you reading if his mind? If I were Harry, I would... I would come up with like the most insane thoughts ever to think. And then like when you're in the presence of someone who's reading your mind, start thinking them like on a loop. So it's the kind of thing of like, oh, like you can't like you can't unsee this now. You know, that kind of a thing. (laughs) And just think of the most absolutely insane things. And, And then and then when the person's like, dude. What? Why are you thinking about get out of there? Shoving Why are you in there? an orange up your butthole. Up I your assume. butthole with, <laughs> while uh, your kindergarten teacher watches playing no, the recorder. Dumbledore's into that. Dumbledore's so into that exact kink. And, and then you and then and then you could be like, "That's what you get for reading my fucking mind." Yeah, I mean, or or you just read a bunch. Of, if I if I walk into a room and I know that Christina is going to read my mind, I'm going to be like, "Ma'am, Christina's outfit today is just like the most hideous thing I've ever seen." No, I'm wearing my cool girl. Pants. Oh my god, her Mary hair Glenn, they're looks cool. awful. <laughs> no, and, and like I would I would just think like all of these really terrible thoughts about the person so reading mean. my mind, so that then like, it's like ouch, well, well yeah. you read my mind. Yeah, no, they'd probably just get in there and hear a bunch of uh, very uh, borderline. Uh, eh, I, I don't know. I, I, no, I said no politics after the intro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that thought where it is. <laughs> well, when you read my mind, it's gonna be that scene from SpongeBob where I think they're reading, talking about Patrick's brain, or maybe it's SpongeBob, and it's just like the carton of milk that just spills over. <laughs> <laughs> That's my me. oh the the inner mechanisms of my mind oh, yeah, are yeah. an enigma. Christina, I'm pretty sure you don't have an inner monologue. I'm pretty sure it's literally just if a thought ha- ha- happens up here, it's already come out of your mouth. Me? <laughs> that seems, yes. that's what it seems like a lot of times. It is no, that is true. That's true. <laughs> there's no there's no like act of sharing. It it just has already been shared. <laughs> I mean, that's a honestly that's a pretty cool way to be. Uh, a lot of the you know who doesn't love it. My husband, Sean, the biggest <laughs> introvert I know. He's like, why are you talking about I me will on say, podcasts there, again? There are a lot of times, like, I'm a single person. I live by myself. And there are a lot of times where I'm like, what What would it be like to have another person around here? Just, here, just to, like, tell all these, like, random thoughts to. And, like, a lot of times with one of my friend's groups, I'll, um... Like, I'll get home after, like, an afternoon doing stuff, and I'll send them, like, a four-minute-long voice note about, like, all the mundane things that happened to me today. And it's, like, just all the thoughts that I ever had in that day, but, like, no one was (laughs) around for me to tell them to. So I just, like, tell them all at once. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... It's it's honestly important to get that stuff out somehow, so I'm glad you're finding a way. (laughs) I can say for a fact that my wife 
does not like that I talk so much, and she would love if I would just shut up for five minutes. Phil, I, I, you know, I would say the same about myself because I love Sean so much, but he has made it very clear, and it's not his fault, but he he can only absorb maybe 30% of what I say because the quantity is just too high. Mm. Quantity yeah. too high. Well, and that's why I, I, that's why I didn't get high for this recording because when I'm high, I cannot stop myself from continual babbling. Drunk, I can mellow, but when Wait, I'm high, it's just... I didn't oh, smoke for this episode because I was like, come on, girl, let's do a good episode. Let's keep the energy high. <laughs> no, I mean, feel because free. I, I trust you guys to hold your high. I just know that when I'm high, it will just be extreme of no, consciousness. I will not stop talking. <laughs> I, I have like the opposite problem where when I'm stoned, I like forget that I'm in charge. Uh, I, I like lose my ability to like organically like banter and have conversation when I'm high. I'm not fun or cool. <laughs> which is fine for like watching TV with your friends. I mean, but I, I feel like I'm like any point that anyone brings up in an episode where I'm too high, I wait for them to stop talking. And then I'm like, so yeah. that's right. point. <laughs> <laughs> it's so embarrassing to listen back to. Oh, I do. Fair I've enough. done it to Andrew the most because I'm always like, well, Andrew and I get fucking rip roaring stone <laughs> together. This feels normal. And then I'm like, he's talking and I'm like, this is probably a really good point. But I think I missed some sentences. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Dumbledore is like, come with me. Let's go to this cave child. <laughs> OK. And Harry's like, oh, OK, OK. And yeah. Dumbledore is like, I'm reading your mind. You seem agitated, which is very funny because I feel like you should be able to tell that your friend is agitated. Someone you know is agitated without reading their mind. Well, I mean, That's Harry is the closest thing to a friend as Dumbledore, I think, has because Dumbledore doesn't really do friends ever since Grindelwald. Oh, uof. I like I like to think that Dumbledore and McGonagall are friends. I think he keeps his walls up with McGonagall, too. I think it's hard for him to have friends within Hogwarts because he is naturally in a position of power. Like, I'm not sure I appreciate us referring to like Harry and Dumbledore in this moment as friends. Definitely not. Because they like, he's a student, like he is a child. Dumbledore's an adult. Dumbledore's the teacher, the headmaster. Harry's a student. And like, yes, they definitely there. You can definitely say that they have like some kind of like, you know, grandfather grandson relationship uh, i don't even know like what that relationship would be it would be like estranged yeah. uncle and sure. nephew relationship who have like just now connected after several years and are trying to make up for lost time yes. you know i think both phil and i said friend more meaning someone that you literally know well, and, I mean, you, and should, you should know their mannerisms and the kind of person mm -hmm, they are yeah i was yeah. using it because in book five at the end that little end when harry's throwing a fit he says i've come to see you as a friend and i'm like dumbledore stop oh. being full of shit it's like <laughs> yeah honestly like it is really hard to balance friendship with like other i mean I'm sorry to balance like professional relationships with other kinds of relationships. Like sometimes I'm friends with everyone that we like work with at Dave six media and all of our like uh discord friends and stuff like that. But every once in a while I have to be like, okay, I'm coming to you right now. Like as, as the leader of sex yeah. media, yeah. not as a friend, but like this thing. Mm -hmm. And it's hey, like, yeah. this is like a professional thing, not a personal thing. Yeah. yeah. 
But so maybe Dumbledore, here's my headcanon, is that him and Madame Rosmerta are tight because she yeah, can tell him, that he I, can tell her anything. That that a because she is a little bit it's not the it's not quite the same thing, but it's a little bit similar to when like someone that you know, one of your friends is like, oh my God, I want to tell you about all my work gossip. And it's like, yes, please tell yes, me everything. Tell me. Because like, it has nothing to do with like, like, I don't know your coworkers. I don't work with them. I don't work yes. in your office. So like, mm. whatever you tell me is not going to affect my relationship with these people. It's a little bit different with like Rosemurta, Ros, wait, Rosemurta, Rosemurta and Dumbledore, because like everyone in Hogwarts be coming down to Hogsmeade every weekend, you know? So like, yeah. But it's, I get the vibe that Rosemurta is like, like a, a, what do you call it? Like a safe. Like, I feel like you tell her a secret and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, right up until she's a purist and then safe. she'll, you know, well, pass anything on to Draco at that point. That, oh yeah. I forgot that she's imperious right now. <laughs> she's, yeah. She's been imperious for like six oh, months. Shit. <laughs> but, and oh shit. Also no. her and Dumbledore, I would like to think that her and Dumbledore can't be besties then. I would like to think he would clock that. Yeah. yeah maybe not. I wonder what it would be like if you if you use occlumency on someone who is being imperious. Interesting. Like, would you read the mind of the person? That's when you get. That's when you get the carton of milk milk spilling over. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you'll know I'm imperious. This is a call for help. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sure she's fine. I'm not going to worry about that. That's just Christina being Christina. Lol. (laughs) Okay, so. Harry is like, uh, no, I'm not agitated. And Dumbledore's like, you're really, you really are. bad at a clemency. It's like your <laughs> your hands are clenched in a fist at your side. Like you're clearly upset. You're you're agitated. I can tell from reading your mind that you're agitated. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, he's pacing and he's grinding his teeth and he's clenching his fists. Harry Potter starts shouting. About Snape. Oh, my God. That's never happened before. Can you believe that he suspects But he's trying Snape? so hard not to yell. There's, like, uh, multiple references to, like... I know. It, 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 to him, like, trying not to yell. And, like, he's, like, panting because he's, like, holding oh, yeah. in all his anger and, like, all this other stuff. And I then, startled... Like, when we were listening to the audiobook, I startled Anna because it talked about how he was panting. And I was, like... <laughs> and at one point, it said, like, he la not ma- maliciously. Yes, he did. He laughed like maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. Ah! <laughs> um, I found this to be like as much as I have enjoyed Harry's character development in this book. I found his behavior in this chapter to be extremely off putting. Well, I mean, his frustrations aren't entirely invalidated. I mean, it, the death of it, it, anything that brings up the trauma of, hey, your parents died and you're an orphan. It's gonna gonna put you on on edge a little bit, for sure. And Although, I do, th- hang, oh, I will say though, to an uh-huh. extent, Harry is being gaslit this entire book. Oh yeah, for be- sure. Because he is, he keeps insisting something is up with Malfoy, and Dumbledore is like, "I promise you, that's not a concern of mine." And he keeps insisting something is up with Snape, and. And both of those things prove to be true. Like, obviously, like, these are things that, like, Dumbledore already knows about and is planning for and is aware of. So it's not like he's bringing new information to Dumbledore. 
But like every person that he brings these issues up to just brushes them aside. And I, I just I know what that's like to be like, I'm is no one seeing like, what's I, happening did, did here? Did is no one else experiencing crazy, crazy pills? Like no one else is watching Draco Malfoy so fucking <laughs> obsessively, Harry. Like, no, no one notices. Oh, my gosh. So, like, I understand. So, I think not to, like, defend this behavior. It's very much, like, teenage boy I mean, yeah. hormones. Still- just also boy who lived. But it's definitely, like, a result of, like, an entire book now of being brushed off about, like, something's up with Malfoy and I feel helpless that something bad is about to happen and no one is believing me. Yeah. I totally think Dumbledore could have been like, Hey, I totally hear your concerns. And I understand like the fact I I understand like the facts you're bringing to me, like, like the things you're saying are true, but there's just like an explanation here that I'm not ready to share with you, but like rest assured. Here comes my Dumbledore complaint. Number two that I had planned ahead, which is, Dumbledore's defense is, hey, cut Snape a break. He didn't know he was sending his Baltimore to kill your parents. <laughs> yeah. He could have been killing anybody. It was just uh, murder. His defense, someone else. His defense of Snape was, he felt so bad about he it. He felt though. really bad about killing your mom, <laughs> He felt dude. so bad afterwards. And the thing is that Harry does not yet know that Snape was in love with Lily, which I do it's not feel. still not a defense. I've yeah. But the thing is that, like, oh, Harry... Snape. Knowing that Snape was in love with Lily, you can believe that he experienced remorse, but knowing only about his relationship with James, Harry does not believe for a second that Snape was sorry at all. So this stupid fact that Dumbledore is saying doesn't even fucking matter. I this is when like we were listening earlier and I said something like, couldn't Dumbledore have just said like, and I like cut off mid sentence and you were like, no, he couldn't have said anything. (laughs) <laughs> and my the the thing here is that like with Snape, like why couldn't Dumbledore have just said like, hey Harry, uh, he didn't have to tell him the details because I don't yeah. think even Dumbledore knew exactly how everything was going to play out. I think he just you know was like things are going to go to shit and it's technically according to plan, you know. So like yeah, if he could just give Harry a heads up and be like, hey. I know you have your doubts about Snape and some shit's going to go down and it's going to look very bad, but you have to believe me when I say it's all everything that's everything that is going to happen. We discussed it and we planned it this way. Well, I wonder if he I wonder if Dumbledore cannot tell Harry that Snape is good because Harry's such a bad fucking occlumens. What if he gets captured and is like having his mind read and he's so bad at guarding his mind? I don't mind. know, because I think if Harry were to get captured by that's, that's, like the Death Eaters or Voldemort at this end. point, it it would they would just kill him. Like I don't think they care about like torturing him for information or like reading his mind or anything. Like I think Yeah, that's like this, prophecy fulfilled check I win. Yeah, I think <laughs> at this point if they caught him, it would just be like, great, we got Harry Potter. Boom, he's dead. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Dumbledore could have done just almost anything, almost anything, <laughs> and it would have been better. Yeah, and like I in the previous agree. book, in the the other in the 
previous book in the other chapter where Harry is, I think there's a reference in this chapter to like, he wanted to pick up and throw things around. And I'm like, Harry, you did that uh, last you year. You already did that. Yeah. And you felt really bad about it after. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the whole reason that Dumbledore didn't tell Harry anything in Order of the Phoenix is because Dumbledore was unsure of his connection with Voldemort and didn't want to give him any crucial information that Voldemort could then use. But sure. then, like, we learn later that, like, it's not that kind of a connection. And and so I think, like, now it would be okay to be like, uh, Harry, yeah. we can it's be in on this together. Especially because Dumbledore knows he's going to die soon. Yeah. He's going to die soon. I don't know if like, he knows it's going to be tonight, but it's going to yeah. be in the next like, Yeah, that's week. exactly <laughs> what I was thinking is that like he he might not know exactly the way the, you know, dice fall, but he if he could just say like, Harry, there's going to come a time soon when I'm not going to be here anymore to help you. And yeah. like, it's going to be okay. And however that goes down, it's probably pre like we predetermined it or whatever, you know, like that kind of a thing. But yeah. Dumbledore just, I don't know. I think part of Dumbledore's his, like, I think his greatest flaw is that he is like too sentimental and naive. And I think a part of him is like, Harry is just a boy. He's just a child. And I don't want to tell him this stuff and burden him with more things. I think it's more of a mastermind perspective. Like, I am the one who has to hold all the cards. I can't share these cards with anyone else. Everyone else, I've already put all the pieces into place, so I'm not going to worry about the detail work beyond that. Mm -hmm. I think it's not as, I mean, I know that you are more of a Dumbledore defender. And um, well, I mean, I, for the record, I'm kind of half and half on him because I get Revolution is going to be messy. You know, it's not going to be just a fun time where yeah. everything works out. Yeah. But uh, the conversation about whether he's a good character, headmaster, and revolutionary are all like very different totally different things. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, he. I think it's just a mastermind thing. Like he's like, I I know everything. I know all the pieces are in place. If I'm just, I don't. I'm not worried about anyone's feelings. I just need all the pieces to be in place. That's just so interesting because I don't think. I think he knows what the pieces are. I don't think he knows where they're gonna land. I don't know. Like maybe he does because if Draco has gained access to the cabinet, like if he's like fixed it or whatever, why on earth should Snape and Dumbledore not both know that because they can read minds? Yeah. It's but, uh, oh wait, but he did. Draco, I'm now remembering, has yeah. learned occlumency, and Snape mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah, Bellatrix That's taught also him. True, yeah. Yes. No, I mean, I, I, I think that he doesn't know necessarily how it's going to go down, but he does know that he's going to get killed I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was planning to be killed by severus in front of the death eaters all along yeah One way i or wonder another. i wonder if dumbledore even knows at all about the room of requirement because the only time he ever mentions it is in the goblet of fire he's oh, talking he about totally that knows about it yeah yeah that, no, that was the whole point is he was giving like a little wink being like yeah there's this interesting interesting secrets about the castle and it's revealing. It reveals itself to me something new every day. And one time I know, I was but I, what I'm saying is like he what he he didn't find a magical room. Like he found a room full of toilets. So yeah. like, how, does he know what that room is? Because I he's don't think in that, he does. 
Because in book right. seven, they talk wow, about like in book seven, they specifically talk about like the Voldemort and Harry found that room of sneaky things because they've both been off the beaten path. But good boys like Dumbledore and Flitwick would never track this room down. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Know. So he he might not really know about it. Like so he might not know even like how he might not have all the details of what Draco's doing. Or he might, maybe he learned about the Room of Requirement this year because Snape was like, here's what Draco's doing. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Dumbledore point number three, he okay. kind of just blows off like, well, whatever Draco's doing, I've got it in hand. It's fine. Even though very next chapter, he says, let me get the quote here. Um, <laughs> very next chapter, he says, age is foolish and forgetful when it underestimates youth. And in the previous book, he said old men are guilty when, it's, when they forget what it is to be young. So it's clearly he's like, ah, oh, well, this kid doesn't know anything, but also, oh, don't underestimate young people. But ah, oh, fuck Draco, I know what he he's doing. He is such a hypocrite in a <laughs> lot of ways. Like he's such a hypocrite in so many ways. Interesting character, bad headmaster. <laughs> yeah. I know that we've talked a lot about like feeling sad for Harry, who's being gaslit in this chapter, and like obviously, yes, that's all valid. I also do feel a little bad for Dumbledore in this chapter, just because. Harry's being so obstinate and distracted, rightfully so. But from Dumbledore's perspective, he's like, the clock is ticking and I'm trying to impart a final knowledge into you. Can you please fucking focus as I will not last till morning? Uh, and, and like, not just that, but just that Dumbledore is like the whole, like, you know, impending death aside. Uh, he's like, the whole thing we've been doing all year is trying to figure out what the fuck Voldemort's secret plan was and what it was he was doing. And I, I gave you five, like five different I'm disappointed in you lectures because you couldn't yes. get a Slughorn's memory. And we finally got it. And we found out there's these Horcruxes. And I finally have located something that might have one of these Horcruxes. And like, okay, let's go. Yeah, like, and let's Harry's go. like, hmm. By my childhood bully. I'm remembering like an earlier Horcrux, uh, earlier like Pensieve chapter in this book where Dumbledore's been talking for a long time and Harry says, sir, is this important? And I just can't stop thinking about that. It's like, yes. Can just <laughs> Yes, it is. No, this thing we've been doing all year. Nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, Harry. So, Dumbledore eventually cuts Harry off and is like, frankly, we have fucking work to do. And I like that energy. So he's like, Harry, do you promise to blindly obey me like a god? And Harry's like, I swear. Well, I mean, at this point, Dumbledore actually has a point because quite frankly, Harry's an idiot and Dumbledore is very, very, very smart. At this point, when it's this kind of danger, you just got to be ready to lean into the person who knows what they're doing. Okay, that's valid. One of these people... It has is is literally ten times as old as the other one, and, and more experienced, and has an apparating license. Has an apparating yeah. license, <laughs> and is one of the most talented magicians of all time. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, okay. I guess that guy takes the lead. Fine. <laughs> he makes Harry swear to obey, and then he sends Harry to the common, uh, back to his dorm to get his invisibility cloak. So Harry runs off. Ron and Hermione are like, hey, we're thinking about watching a movie and hanging out in our jam jams. And Harry's like, gotta go. I think, I mean, I wonder how many of uh, Harry, if any of Harry's friends would have probably died if they hadn't had the Felix Felicis in the map to back them up while he was gone. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so Harry is like, you literally have to activate the DA. Like, Malfoy's about to do something. Me and Dumbledore are fucking leaving. He, just, I, I just, like, imagine it. You're hanging out in the common room. In busts Harry Potter and is like, hey, I'm pretty sure something's about to go down tonight. Here's the Felix Felicis. Defend Hogwarts. <laughs> Bye. You know, I'm taking Dumbledore and I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by this point, Neville's probably made the transition to hot Neville. Oh, he's, we he's, yeah, seen, yeah, we, yeah. We have not fucking seen him. We don't really see him in book six, but I'm pretty book. sure that book he's, six, he's, he's already hot. made the transition. Because here's hot. the thing. Book, the divide between book five and book six is when he actually gets his own wand and not just the hand-me-down. So I think that makes a big difference. Ooh, that's true, yeah. We don't even know this, but Ron, I mean, but Neville has a girlfriend this whole book. <laughs> yeah. No, Neville be he's, fucking. What? Who? No, I mean, I don't, we don't know. Just, just, Christina's just I don't know. Know. Oh, no, just We don't see yeah, him. As a he's dating, together, together, he's dating fucking Parvati. Parvati the hottie. There's Ooh. um this episode of How I Met Your Mother where there's like this gag or this joke or something. And the joke is that like it, it's cutting back to. Oh, that's right. Okay. The, the main core group is arguing about something really stupid and silly. And the joke is that, like, the argument is going on forever and ever. Uh And so there are all these different cuts of the scene of them arguing, where in the background, you see two people meeting for the first time and, like, exchanging numbers. And then the next time you see them in the background, they're getting engaged. And then the next time you see them, it's like she's pregnant. And then the next Aww. time you see them, their like she's son, alone. their son is oh. like graduating college. And then the Whoa. next time, time uh, she's <laughs> she's like old and she has like an urn, implying that the, the husband died. And so like the joke is that like the the main core group was having this argument for so long that this ra- these random background oh, characters <laughs> had an entire life <laughs> in the time that they were like having this silly argument and like that's what's happened to neville in this book like he's he's just having the time of his life and we don't that's even know like, about it yeah, see, have you heard it. Oh, oh, go, go ahead, ahead. are uh, you about I, to say the same thing as me I, maybe? I was, no i was gonna bring up an episode of community in which abed doesn't show like abed doesn't have a single line of dialogue but he's in the background in like 12 different scenes and he like learns how to and then proceeds to help a woman deliver her baby oh my god <laughs> okay i was gonna talk about that reddit guy who said that he like passed out and then like lived a whole life while he was unconscious for 10 seconds no we ground. don't talk about that we don't talk about that <laughs> i know it fucked that me one's up. scarier that one's scarier. yeah it is okay we're going to stick with Phil and Mai's examples of just from sitcoms. Safe TV, yeah. We don't need to worry about uh, existential crisis. The other night, I was, like, so high, and, and I ended up on, like, our Glitch in the Matrix or wherever that post yeah. originated, and I was reading so many, like, crazy fucking things about, like, doppelgangers and, like, time skips and stuff that I was like, there's no way reality is reality. Like, there's just no way that this is what we're doing. Christina, Existential crises and all that. (laughs) Christina, I need you to move on because I don't want to talk about that anymore. Okay, sorry. So, listen, he is like, you need to activate the DA and stalk Malfoy and Snape. They're up to something. Take the map. Take the Felix Felicis. I'm out, I guess. (laughs) I call upon you, heroes. He literally, like, he just comes absolutely just... Bursting barrels, in. yeah. At least he's not covered in blood this time, I guess. In a like just <laughs> yeah. absolute chaos tornado that Harry Potter is. Yeah, yeah. he I really mean, is. Thank goodness Ron and Hermione are used to it because if they like weren't ready for this and he just bursted in, they'd be like, 
I didn't catch any of that. I'm just going to go back to my Gobstones game. <laughs> there's, there's a really, really funny joke in an episode of Abbott Elementary where they're going to like a board, a school board meeting about something important. And the principal is talking to like the head of the board and he's set and whatever. And then he leans over and whispers something in her ear and then walks off. And then someone goes like, oh, my God, what did he say? Did he say he's going to shut the school down? And she goes, worse. He mumbled and I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so can you imagine like Harry Potter like- bursts in and it's like, okay, bye. And then they're like, I didn't hear what he said. What did he say? Did he say throw out the map or use the map? <laughs> or the Felix Felicis on the map? All right, we'll give it a shot. Oh my god! <laughs> so Harry Potter gets his invisibility cloak. He meets Dumbledore in the entrance hall, puts on the cloak. They walk together. Down this the is lane when Christina and I kept going. Oh, the chapter is still going. Oh my oh, god, it's, it's still just going. It's a lot of intermission stuff that leads into the actual. Yeah, like I, I would have been very fine with just like. Harry Potter, like, he he got his cloak and he left and went to meet Dumbledore, unknowing of what was going to come, but confident that Dumbledore would keep him safe. And then we just cut to them, you know, on the rock. Okay, Yeah, but see, I I don't mind the extra lead-in because it does help you get a little more Madame Rosemurta's imperious cluage for those who are mystery solvers. Because all these books have a little bit of that if you really want to you can try to solve the mystery before the end okay which I yeah like. not me i'm so dumb when oh I no I, I always read them just like i want to get to them i, I want to let the, you tell me what the mystery yeah, is you tell me. <laughs> also when i write my own books and then my editor is like what does this mean and i'm like you tell me <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yep they he takes the cloak he runs off with dumbledore they murder is like oh where are you going he's like oh i'm not gonna give you any clues sneaky sneaky so when when Harry and Dumbledore are like walking out of the entrance hall, they're like walking through the front doors of Hogwarts. Um, we lost Trelawney. Where do you think Trelawney is right now? I still standing outside of Dumbledore's office. Like any minute now, he's gonna invite me in. She's <laughs> she's doing the thing where she because she still ha- she has all of the sherry bottles still. And so no, she's doing the thing where like, she, she drops one and then she bends over to pick it up and then like another one falls out of her arm and then she bends over to pick that one up and then another one falls out and then she bends over to pick that one up and she's just doing that. A funny visual, but oh. alas, she did actually drop them off in a pot plant outside of the room of her apartment. So my question... Wait, hold on. I, w- I was in the middle of a, a bit. Okay, which do your is, bit. If she's pacing, let's say, outside Dumbledore's office, is Dumbledore's office on the main floor or is it on a higher up floor? If you go by the only time that the only times we get to see where it is relative in space, which is video games, I think it's on the second floor. Okay. So what I'm saying is when Harry and Dumbledore walk outside on the first floor and Professor Trelawney is still up on the second floor, technically that's a seer overhead, isn't it? Ah, you saved so, it. You you do it all along. I was doing it on purpose. <laughs> Mary Clay, did you just go to sleep because that joke was so bad? <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> I'm resting my face on my microphone <laughs> with can disdain. Hear it. <laughs> uh, what were you so going to say, Mary Clay? 
she's a fucking wizard. Why can't she fucking disappear out of the bottles? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why does she have to bring them to a physical receptacle? Yeah, <laughs> like, that is, yeah. I mean, vanishing is literally that. It's vanishing a thing. spells are just As J.K. Rowling established, much against all of our wills, they can disappear anything. So why can't she... Why can't she disappear her alcoholism? You know? Yeah, you, don't disappear the alcoholism. Because alcoholism at first I was like, fun. "Oh, is she just, just the evidence?" I was like, "Oh, is she going to the room of requirement because that's where her stash is?" Yeah, but, maybe she's going to trade it out. But like the fact that oh, maybe maybe her room of requirement. No, because the whole thing, the whole point is that she was going to a room to hide it. Okay, yeah. wait, I have an idea. So the the cabinet, the vanishing cabinet, actually has not been broken. Draco thought it was broken because it took him straight to Madame Rose Murta's. It was not broken. That's actually where Trelawney has been putting in her empty bottles. And then she opens it up again and there's full bottles. <laughs> like the that's, milkman. <laughs> that's a fun theory. I mean, obviously, we know that the actual other vanishing cabinet is at Borgen and Burks, but it's fun well, to joke. There's a third. Perhaps there's a third. <laughs> I mean, they come in pairs. That's. I I don't mean to defend Jake uh, Junior's writing because Junior's a terrible person, but Junior does actually explain this one that vanishing cabinets specifically come in matched pairs. Um, Phil, does Voldemort not accidentally create an eighth Horcrux? I maybe the carpent the magical carpenter <laughs> accidentally up, created a third, a third vanishing cabinet. You know what? I can't argue with that. That's that's. <laughs> Pure logic right there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's the end of the chapter. I definitely feel the momentum, if nothing else, right now. Like, knowing that Dumbledore dies tonight definitely... Oof. Cre it creates yeah. a tone. Like, I'm reading this whole thing. You know, however we felt about him, his story has been truly complex, very interesting, and magnificent, you know, for good or, or bad. And knowing that his story is coming to a close is is chilling. And remembering yeah. how I felt reading the finale of this book is, like, triggering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of similarly, this is, like, this, like, evening where Harry, like, runs off. He, like, gets this message that, like, Dumbledore needs to see him immediately. That This is, like, his last moment of normalcy for a year. Because then Dumbledore dies, he immediately breaks up. With, has to break up with his girlfriend, and that's the that was Harry's favorite thing about Ginny. She didn't weep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She didn't it, show emotion. You'll have to. Get, yeah, you'll get there when you get there, right? Yeah, Harry and Cho being a uh, Harry and Cho being a couple would have been absolutely hilariously tra tra a hilarious travesty. That would have been a. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it would have been good for him to actually have to deal with someone with emotions and learn how to I be around that. I just don't but think also, he would have learned. But also, it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I don't think that they would have worked <laughs> in any capacity. They were going to break. Like, they were always going to break up. Cho was his first girlfriend because Cho was a hottie. And that was basically the extent of it. And a seeker. Harry only dates seekers. Only Watch dates out, Draco Malfoy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts about the chapter? Anything we didn't mention or anything that you're like particularly looking forward to or basically just anything? The reason I like these momentum building parts is the same reason I like the Shell Cottage chapter in book seven, because then, you know, from there on, it's just nonstop. He wakes up, he goes to Gringotts and 
that that's all we're doing now. That's the next 24 hours of our life is the next eight chapters of this book. Yes. Not even eight. Like it's a lot. Shell, Shell Cottage is, let me see. It, there's a good chunk of book between when he heads to Gringotts and Shell Cottage is chapter 25. And the book has uh 37. If you include the epilogue. So chapters. yeah, there's 12 because full, 11 full chapters of action. Yeah. When I finished Deathly Hollows for the first time, I was reading like, what'd you say? There, There's 37 chapters. Yes. I was on like, I don't know, chapter 32, 33 at like maybe like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just finish this? Like, I like there's just five more chapters left. It was like easily like 200 <laughs> pages. Yep. And I read it. I've read it straight through until yep. like, like the sun rose yeah. and I like went to the bathroom at some point and I just like saw myself in the mirror and like my <laughs> eyes were bloodshot and I was like, Oh my God. I think that that was a pretty common thing for any Harry Potter fan reading the books as they came out. Just like, all right, yes. I got to the end of book seven and now I'm going to read the last third of this book in one sitting. Well, this was not when it came out. This was. Actually, this was two. That that would have been like two years or three years after it initially came out. So not not too, too much well, later. Like your first time but definitely it. not in the hype of like, ooh, everyone's reading. Everyone is in their house right now well, reading Deathly Hollows together sure. for the first thankfully, time. Thankfully, that was back before the internet was so vast and social media heavy that you could actually avoid spoilers for two fucking. God, minutes I without. cannot. I mean, like, I know, like, there's the obvious. Um, not the obvious. There's the infamous, like, I, I would say one of the first, like, most famous instances of, like, a spoiler and someone, like, purposefully spoiling things for others was yeah. that guy who, like... Yeah, where every page with the number with the deaths. No, no, not even that. There was a guy who got, um, uh, what is this book called? Half-Blood Prince. And um, and he like went to a midnight release at like Borders or whatever, and he like drove a truck around with like one of those like construction signs that like you put letters and words on it, and he wrote and he put up Snape Dumbledore kills Snape to like this entire Snape, Snape kills Dumbledore. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, and he went to this midnight release of. That's- this huge group of people and completely ruined the ending of this book for people. That and person that, and needs a mental evaluation. And that would have been in 2004 or five. So like, can you imagine what Harry Potter would be like? Yeah. In know, the modern age. If it was like being released with the hype that it had, but we also had like Twitter, you know? I mean, it would be yeah. like if, George R. R. Martin was ever actually going to write book six of Game of Thrones, which is uh, going to happen. No, it's not the same because, it's frankly, I, I don't even want that fucking book no anymore. One, and no, also, like, <laughs> no one is read. no offense to the people who are reading Game of Thrones, but no one is reading Game of Thrones. I don't think anyone will ever read a book series no. to the extent that people were reading Harry Potter. I, co- I completely no, I think, agree. I mean, yeah. No one was the last time yeah. people lined up in droves for a yeah. fucking book. Like, that <laughs> is never going to happen again. Like, I mean, there are, there were lines for Harry Potter books that were longer than any video game queue or anything like any yeah. launch, any other launch title I can think of. Yeah. Well, well anyway, isn't that Dumbledore's a fun Dumbledore's going to fucking thing, die yeah. tonight, guys. Spoilers. Dumbledore's um, dying tonight. But first we have to tonight. go through the most harrowing, upsetting, oh, the, yeah, tragic. Yeah, trauma potion. Harrying. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about Trauma Potion in (laughs) Have you guys... So a lot of people will use that sound on TikTok of like Harry being like, you like, I know it's hard, but you must keep drinking, sir. And it's like, it's like when you, you and your friends, like when you buy a... I don't know. It's like it's like when you buy that last drink of the night and it was like, you know, ten dollars oh, yeah. because of inflation and you're already drunk off your ass and you're about to throw up and it's like you must keep drinking. You must <laughs> keep drinking. You never have to keep drinking when you're about to throw up or when you don't want to. Yeah, if you're about to throw up, please don't keep drinking. Yeah. Hey, Actually lady. at that point it's at that point it's even too late. Like you're gonna throw <laughs> up anyway. So even if you stop drinking, it wouldn't make a difference. But yeah, like, at that point, if, if you're at the point where you feel like you might throw up, you probably should go make yourself throw up just to make sure you don't get alcohol poisoning. That's just well, my two and, cents. You know, if you're the kind of person who does a cute little pukesy and then can keep drinking, that's fine too. Yeah, puke that's and cool rally. too. Puke and rally. Yeah. Yep, there are people out there, but yeah, like make sure you, I if you have that. that much, if you have <laughs> too much alcohol in your system, as an alcoholic, get any, if you're that alcoholed up, get that out of your system. <laughs> Dumbledore dies tonight, and it's interesting because. There's usually a hundred pages at the end of the book, so Dumbledore can explain himself. Not, Not this book. This book. Nope. Next, bo- All next you book. Next book. Yes. Dumbledore <laughs> dies. Here's his funeral. We're done. <laughs> next book. He literally still gets to explain himself. What is that? So for I'm some trying to think. There's reason. don't. So there's the chapter where they're in the cave. Yeah. The chapter where they go back to you Hogwarts. Make me do this and I again. Think at the very end. I'll do it right now. At the very. Don't, don't tell me. I'm trying to. Rem- I'm trying to like lay out the rest of the plot because I I'm, can't remember. Okay. There's the next one's the cave. So yeah, so the chapter is the cave when they go through everything. The inferior, mm-hmm. they get the Horcrux. Sure. Then uh, they go <laughs> they back to Hog- they go back to Ho- oh yeah, spoilers. Not, not being a fucking Horcrux. Sorry, sorry. Then they go back to Hogwarts, discover it's being attacked, and then I think like at the very end of that chapter is when Dumbledore dies. What, what's the name of it? The Lightning Struck Tower. The Lightning Struck Tower. So and that's, then, a, um, real, that's a really fingers. good title for a chapter where somebody And then there's dies. the Half-Blood Prince where... It's, it's called The Flight of the Prince. Oh, yeah. bummer. Okay, well, I was close. Yeah, the Half-Blood I, Prince I, is the one where he finds the book. Yeah, yes, yep, yeah, you're right about that. And then, yeah, then there's, like, Dumbledore's funeral and then there might the be Phoenix one Lament. extra... Nope, there the might be one extra the, chapter the white tomb is the end, end of the book. It's the, there's the Phoenix Lament and the White Tomb, and I, I right. don't really remember what the happens Phoenix in Lament which The Phoenix Lament is, like, Lament the is Ma- that's in the hospital wing, yeah. Yeah, right that's, afterwards. like, the immediate aftermath okay. of, like, damn, Dumbledore really died. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> and Bill's all fucked up and all that, yeah. Ugh, I yeah. just, just because I won't be, and I, I don't know how much of this she'll cut or whatever, because we're done. By now. the way, I never watched the movies, but I have seen post-mauled Bill, and the movies are cowards. Bill should have looked uglier after <laughs> being mauled. Yeah, he's still like, perfectly agree. fine. Um, the part where Harry, like, they go down and they find Dumbledore's body, and he, like, is sitting next to Dumbledore's body, and he opens up the locket, and it, and that's when he reads, like, <sighs> if you were, like, whatever you're looking for is long gone, and I think oh. for me, that was definitely oh. like reading this book. That was, I think, the absolute worst blow is that all of this was seemingly for nothing. And it is done. It is that way by design. Yeah. Because like if you um, are familiar with like plotting, like book plotting, even movie plotting, when you're about to enter the finale, the final act, you have to bring your character to their absolute lowest. 
And so like for the story arc, like the series arc, the lowest blow is the loss of Dumbledore. Damn it, Junior, stop actually being good at literature sometimes. Know, well, well, it's not even it's not even the loss of Dumbledore because at this point like with everything that we all know now, he if they had not gone on this mission, he probably he, he still would have died eventually yeah. um or been killed. Perhaps like the Death Eaters and everyone would have come into the castle this night anyway, and they just would have been there and he would have died in a battle this night yeah. anyway. But at the time of reading this, you think, oh, the events that led up to Dumbledore's death were because he went away on this mission to get the locket yeah. and then finding out that the locket was a fake and so you think that was pointless, that was useless. That and was then, pointless. And then like also like you uh, you as the reader are like Dumbledore was wrong about Snape and about Draco and that's like what led to this. Mm. And this is when Harry's like I fucking knew it. I fucking yeah. knew it. Yeah. And Damn. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I first read this book, I legit thought, "Oh, I was right all along. Snape really is a bad guy. I was Same. not in the I was not in the camp of oh, it's all a sneaky secret master. I mean, we plan. are right. Snape is a bad guy. Well, yeah, he, uh, okay. He was playing Dumbledore the whole time, is what I thought. When in reality, he was never playing Dumbledore. Yeah, that's that's more that accurate. kind of a bad guy. Mm. But yeah, I mean, he's still a Nazi, so fuck him. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah, a Nazi who wants to fuck my mom. Yeah. And that's what makes it okay to yeah, be a Nazi. It's okay to be a Nazi if you're an incel, too. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Snape. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I'm sure you Snape. have. I don't want to get to it outside of this chapter. Um, this was an absolute blast, you guys. Thank you for having me around. Oh, my God. Phil, thank you so much for coming on. This was delightful. Yes. Okay, so crocheting while recording is working for me. Listeners, because I've been updating you intensely. So let me tell you, the last time that I was verbally crocheting on the podcast, I was like, what am I doing? Is this when you are making the... the yeah, the triangle act. Very back proudly, the other direction. She very proudly showed me a scarf that she was crocheting. And I would say the number one, the easiest like thing to do when you're learning how to crochet is you accidentally like drop a stitch with each subsequential row and so your work gets like skinnier and skinnier as it goes on. And yes. so Christina proudly showed me this scarf that she was working on and was like, but but am I wrong that this wouldn't eventually become a scarf? And I was like, it it's going to end in like the next like 20 like a rows. Weird triangle scarf. And then Haley and then Haley goes, it's a it's a um what is it? Pennant, a pennant flag. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The the un the like university flags, totally. you know, pendant, those kinds of things. Pendant, yeah. That's pendant. what it that's what it would look like. Yeah. Yeah. So well, but I but you pointed out to me when I was very drunk, so I'm glad it stuck, that I was doing some like weird stitch and I, I needed to be doing a single stitch because then I <laughs> could Google how to do a single stitch. Yes. And so like you the, showed the me crochets, listeners. the crochet the crochet loops, what are they called? The crochet stitches Stitch that it. I was dropping were like kind of not there. Because I was not yes. doing the stitches Yes, correctly. that was the key problem. Christina was like, but I'm doing a, what? A, I was like, what is the name of the stitch you were I, doing? Nobody, and she was like, I, I don't no know. I had to and show And I was her. like, show me. And she and showed she me. Like, and the, the best way I this? could describe <laughs> it 
is that she was doing a half double slip stitch. The cool thing is that I know what you're talking. Now that I'm doing it correct, I'm like, oh, yeah, I get I see why that's a half double. Like, that makes sense to me. now. And so I, I was like, I would highly recommend <laughs> starting learning over. how to do a single crochet <laughs> stitch first. So we because then today. when you run into trouble, you can Google I search can Google it. Yeah. single crochet stitch. Yeah. And when I was in the middle there and I was doing that other stitch and I would like get targeted fucking videos about of people crocheting and I would always look at what they were doing and I was like, don't That's the people who do- crochet online no, are listen, insane like they were the- all doing the single stitch and i was like mine doesn't look like that because <laughs> i was doing some crazy fucking stitch anyway guys i'm good at crocheting now i i yes i can <laughs> confirm i went yes i was over there earlier today and cute. she showed me some things look that she had been working scarf. on it's a straight line hey. and i said damn those edges are so straight they're me <laughs> tragically straight some would say this is so she's done when it's 18 times longer yeah christina's done such a good job she's made so much progress and i I said posters and to make you feel better i sent you a picture earlier this week of something that i was working on because a lot of times like i i learned how to crochet like four years ago now five years ago and still so many times i start a project and then like halfway through it'll be like okay and you're done halfway through (laughs) (laughs) whatever whatever at some point it'll be like and by now you should have a neat row of blah 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 and then i'm like that's not at all that's not what i have that's not (laughs) what i made well progress welcome to our crochet progress the restricted section more like the I know, I know. I'm tra- you got nothing. Restitched. The restitched in section because I had to frog like six projects to get here. <laughs> a solid, a solid B minus effort. <laughs> <laughs> we have to end this. This is just gonna get worse. Okay, let's move on to plugs. Phil, where can people find you on the internet or your podcast? Okay, so our podcast is the Unsociableists. It's a portmanteau of unsociable and socialists. So. Uh, really just kind of try to sound it out. Honestly, I didn't think about that when I named it. It sounded really cool in my head. And I'm like, no one's going to be able to Google us. Fuck. No. It is really cool, but I feel like I hadn't said it in a couple months before today. And I, the first time I said it, I was like, what? But then the second time I said it, I was like, oh, this feels right. Yeah, it's it's, it's cool if you think about it. But again, it's impossible to Google. So we're never going to really have a listener base. That's fine. Uh, (laughs) we do it for fun. Um, and then, uh, where else can you find me on the internet? There's this really cool Discord called the Deus Ex Media Discord that you can join for just one dollar a month by signing up for Patreon yes. on any of the podcasts in that uh, media group. I recommend it. Um, that is the extent of my social media credits because I don't. I, I mean, I'm off Reddit even nowadays. I tried. I cut social Good media out of my you. life. It's bad. Um, well, what's something that you've been watching or reading or listening to or playing or whatever lately that you think the listeners would enjoy? Yeah, I'm going to plug two video games that are for two very different levels of skill. Both of these video games are pixel graphics. So if you're someone who's like, I need my 3D environments, all that, then you know, don't play then these. Don't. That's fine. Uh, the first game is for literally anybody. You need zero hand-eye coordination to play it. It's called Unpacking. And it is Ooh, a I love fan- oh. It is a fantastic game told in a series of tableaus that just tells you an amazing story of a woman's journey from childhood into adulthood and yes. through her I, life. I think I 
unplugged that last week? That can't be right. Did it's I tell you? Really, I mean, I didn't hear. I didn't hear the second September episode yet because it's not out. No, to be fair, <laughs> also that episode literally, as we're recording, it came out yesterday. So no, like, it, it, it would be out, very okay. That if episode you... came out a week from now. Okay. Yeah. No, I say I, I listened oh. to. I listened to twenty to twenty-three. We're ahead because yeah. of the holidays. Yeah. Um. But I, I maybe maybe so I didn't are, plug it on the show. Maybe well, I'm just thinking about how I recommended it to Mary Clay as a very easy game to play. Yeah. Well, if you plugged it, so be it. That's fine. I've got another plug, and it is for. Now there are difficulty sliders for this, but it the rec, if you play it as the recommended experience, it is a game that requires a lot of hand-eye coordination, a lot of very high skill level type challenges. It is mm-hmm. called Crosscode, and it is probably my favorite action RPG ever. An amazingly satisfying combat loop, some of the best puzzle and dungeon design you're going to find anywhere, and just a really fun narrative. Can I ask? You said combat loop. Is that what you it's said? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's what like. What does that mean? It's the way you do the combat through the game is addictive and can be played in rapid succession without, like, without breaking. I mean, there's literally a meter that like, fills up the more enemies you kill in rapid succession to give you oh. like a, and the, the more you fill that meter, the more like items you're going to get dropped from enemies. There's all kinds. Okay. It is, uh, I see. But yeah, just uh, the 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 way you do combat is very fulfilling. Cool. And feels very awesome and natural. But again, very high skill threshold on that one if you're going to play it as the intended intended experience. But if you're not skilled and you still want to find play the story on that one, you can turn all the sliders to zero and then enemies do zero damage to you and it's fine. That's and there's probably a really sweet middle ground where you can be slightly challenged. <laughs> yeah, there's. I'm sure there's ways to adjust those sliders, but I. It, uh, if you play them with all the sliders where they start, it's a tough game, so be ready for that. Okay, well, thanks for the recommendation. Mary Clay, where can people find you on the internet? Hello. Into the year of our Lord, 2024. Oh, goodness. You can follow me on TikTok at MCWhatsApp. Um, as it stands, I'm currently having a TikTok go not even viral but like it's just it has uh right now at least the last time i saw it 20k or 200k views and it's just like it's like when you're working before the holidays and then someone has the audacity to ask you to do work (laughs) it's basically (laughs) the premise of it you know anyway um so you can follow i don't where did i say you said here's the thing is i'm a little drunk right now i'm a little drunk right now (laughs) Tell them about your new, brand new podcast. I know. I was going to get there and I was going to be so much smoother with it, but I'm just a little <laughs> drunk right now. You're doing okay. great. Um, Yeah, you can. Remember that listen- time I got so drunk that I forgot the name of the podcast when I was trying to do the sign off? I've listened to you be so drunk a couple episodes of this podcast, Christina, and it's always very charming, even if it's not good podcasting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You can listen to my new Star Wars podcast, Woo! Skywalk Before You Run. Skywalk Before um, You Run, I love that podcast. What are you saying? It just Zoom cut out your audio. Oh, I, I just said know. I love that podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were because here's the thing: is I have accidentally said the wrong name of the podcast multiple times because I came up <laughs> with so many alternative names. What's that? So you're overhead. <laughs> she was overhead she was one floor over them okay can you just cut all right i'm just sorry cut, go ahead I, can you I cut won't. in the plugs right here so that it makes it sound like i haven't been talking for five <laughs> no <laughs> listen to her podcast you can listen you to run. my podcast it's really fun i'm doing a podcast in which i'm experiencing star wars for the first time um, at the time of recording this, I've only seen A New Hope, 
um, and I'm having a very fun time so far. So again, Skywalk Before You Run. There should be episodes coming out wherever you get podcasts. Um, as you're listening to this, hopefully by next week. So coming Yay. up soon. Hell yeah. I'm so freaking excited. I'm excited. Consider me already subscribed, even though it's not Hell out yeah. yet. I know. I need to set, I, I need to. Yeah, that's the thing is that between now and when this episode comes out, a lot of work is going to have, have to happen on my part. <laughs> you got it, girl. Yeah, it's always fun to announce projects, never fun to actually do the. Work I know, and you'd be like, "Oh, I have to set up the Podbean. I have to set up the RSS feed. I need to edit the episodes. I need to like." I've been your host, Christina. Wait, no, you I have... want to plug some. I want to share oh, something. Sorry, 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 sorry. Please do. Normally, I don't really care. Whatever, like it's just like, oh yeah, I guess I've been enjoying this. But I recently finished reading "Assistant to the Villain" by Hannah Nicole. Oh yeah. Mayor Meyer. Anyway, um it is very it's like very lighthearted fun fantasy. It's very like kind of low stakes. Just the premise is that the local villain gets an assistant and the assistant is very perky, upbeat, happy and, and then like kind of like things that ensue because of that. Of course, she, of course, they become attracted to each other. Tale Some people have described it time. as like, it kind of reads a little bit like fan fiction, but I think that's just because the author is very aware of like certain tropes. Right. And I think she writes to those tropes. Like, I think she knows what this book is and wrote it to be that, if that makes sense. Like, it's not trying to be any kind of like, Lord of the Rings, high stakes, you know, fantasy or anything. It's just really fun. It's really enjoyable. The characters are fun and quirky. And so I think a lot of people who just like fantasy in general, who are a part of a lot of different fandoms, will really enjoy it. Um, so again, that's assistant to the villain. And then it is confirmed for... A second book and then I think cool. she even the author even posted that she sold um rights to it to like a TV network or something so it might become yeah. so it might be a TV show at some point in the future okay hell yeah, yeah. thank you for right the wreck I've been your host Christina you know where to find me and this week I'm gonna plug crocheting I'm having a very good time learning how to do this and I just want to let you know that it's like really not that hard I made it a lot harder for myself than I needed to because I was like, I'm going to start with a kit and then I'll have everything I need and that'll be that. But the kit that I got, the yarn was bad, the needle was bad, and the instructions were bad. And like those written instructions were how I ended mm -hmm. up with like a bullshit stitch because they like just were not clear. So go to Michael's, spend $6 on yarn, buy a $4 and crochet also, needle, and then go on If you YouTube. get the Michael's app... They have a 20% off coupon every week. Yes, they have 20% off your... I worked there. They have 20% off your entire purchase coupons, and they also always have a 40 to 50% off of one item coupon. So you can totally find that on their website, on the app, or in your grandma's newspaper. Um, and then just look up a video on YouTube for a single stitch. That's what you need to do. Like, don't fuck with anything... Trying to do Fancy. written directions because I fucking hate videos. I was like, I just need to watch a video. Um, 
Like, I really could have learned how to do this in five minutes if I had just, like, bought Mary Clay a drink and asked her to show me, you know? So I made it harder for myself than it was, but it's very chill. I've been crocheting this entire time we've been talking. I've been crocheting all day. I do it when I watch movies now because I just need something to do with my hands. Um, and I love it. This so makes there. me so happy. No, I mean, Good. it seems like a neat little uh, hobby skill to pick up. I, I, I will never do it because I'm not a craft person, but <laughs> right on. Hopefully I will learn how to do it better every day. <laughs> Well, Phil, thank you again for coming on the show. It was such oh. a pleasure to finally get you on. Oh, thank you. This was stellar. And uh, if you still have an opening in book seven, you know, I'd be open to it. But that depends on, Hell yeah. you know, if people actually like hearing my voice or if they're like, nah, I don't have that guy back around. I think they do. <laughs> or maybe I'm just biased because I do. Well, that's very nice of you. <laughs> I think uh, I, I, I have been told that I'm off-putting. So I understand if uh, other people well, think the same thing. Well, not by me. <laughs> Yeah, at least in the yeah in the past, you know, two hours that we've been yeah, hanging been, out, you've been great. Yeah, <laughs> I've had a topic to focus myself on. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, listeners, if you want to sign up for our Patreon at the big first half of next year, I think that Phil's going to be on a Patreon bonus episode. So there's a little sneak yeah, there's a, for you. There, there may or may not be something I've already cooked up that's going to be uh, stellar. Oh, and uh, also, you might recognize me from a uh, hardly plotted. And the half-baked oh, premise. Oh, yeah, you guys the next have one of those heard is, his voice before. The next one of those will be written for book seven as well. Oh, my God, that's so funny. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Mary Clay, for hanging out with me literally all day. <laughs> Not literally. It was like maybe an hour and a half. Well, I had to go to the gynecologist, and that. then I came back, and we hung out, and then we hung out more. We're hanging out right now. Yes, we are. It's great. All right. Um, happy New Year, listeners. Yay. I love you. Bye. Love you so much. Bye-bye. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. Have you ever gotten so distracted in Stardew Valley that you forgot to sleep? Have you realized that you have a whole room in your house full of dolls? Or have you even bored your friends to sleep talking about your passion? Well then, Content Capable is the podcast for you. Join me, Sam, as I chat to people passionate about what they do, asking questions about how they fell in love with their passion, what they do, and how it interacts with their day-to-day lives. Catch the podcast every Monday as I find out what makes someone tick, all while gleaning interesting and insightful life lessons along the way. There'll be laughs, a bit of crying, a whole lot of conversations, and we learn just a little bit more about the world around us. Yeah, this is the last thing I am doing ever, is this episode. What? (laughs) What? Sorry.
Dave X Media.